Welcome to another episode of Behind the Now. Today I chat with talent and literary agent at Paradigm Talent Agency, Bill Douglas. Bill started from the ground level with Paradigm before it was known as one of the best and biggest agencies, and he has so much invaluable insight to offer. Listen in to learn about Bill's journey from knowing one person in Hollywood to becoming a top talent and literary agent, guidance for initiating and fostering relationships, and invaluable advice for creatives at every stage. Hi, Bill. Thank you so much for coming today. Well, you're very welcome. It's nice to see you. Yes, you too. So tell me a little bit about how you became a talent and literary agent at Paradigm, which is one of the biggest agencies. Um, yeah, so speak a little bit about your pathway to getting there. Yeah, sure. So um, I, coming out of college, thought I was going to produce film. You know, I was going to, like, be a producer. And um, I didn't know anyone. You know, I, I really um, was naive about mm -hmm. taking internships and doing all that. And that was, this is way a long time ago before mm -hmm. internships were such a big deal. Mm -hmm. But so um, what my mentor in the business, um, a guy named Bill Robinson, he said, you know, Bill, why don't you go work for a talent or a literary agency? And that will um, give you a little eye opening mm -hmm. about, you know, how to work in the business and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, sure enough, that's what I did. I started my career at the Gersh Agency, and this was in 1984. Um, and I quickly discovered like, the last thing in the world I wanted to be was a film producer, you know, um, that this agenting thing was really awesome for me. It was um, a great, um, you know, avenue. Um, just not only could I see, you know, um, like working with all these creative elements and all that kind of stuff and, and talent and um, working on a myriad of different projects all the time. Um, it was awesome. And I loved the lifestyle and, so I just stayed in it. I, I've only I've only just been an agent, and so I was with the Gersh Agency um, until they uh, fired me. Um, mm -hmm. They fired me in 1986, I think, at the end of the year, because I very naively thought like I went into them. I remember um, in November saying, you know, we're coming to the Christmas break, and you know, I I if you don't promote me by the time you know we come back, mm -hmm. I you know, I, I may not, I may not come back. And yeah. uh, Phil Gersh, who's now <laughs> deceased, said, uh -huh. you know, let me make it easy for you, Bill. And he, he literally he pulled out his personal checkbook and he wrote me a check oh. uh, and said, you can leave now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, How long had you been at Gersh before that happened? It was like two and a half years, I think it was. Okay. I worked yeah, in both, so, I mean, yeah. yeah, in talent and uh, in literary. And I knew that I was going to really go after literary, you know, as my career, uh, much more than talent. Um, although now I do work with actors and that kind of thing. But um, yeah. anyway, so, um, so that was an eye opening thing experience. And so I went very much my tail between my legs and I got a job at ICM. Mm -hmm. um, still as an assistant, not as an agent, mm -hmm. you know, okay. uh, Phil Gersh was right. And um, anyway, so uh, yeah, so I got promoted there, though. And, um, and I was working in television, um, mm -hmm. which in, again, in like 1987, wasn't the sexiest thing to do, but um, mm -hmm. it was certainly the most, it was the biggest economic driver 
um, in the business uh, back then. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started working with directors in television um, and I've maintained that as kind of like my baseline business um, all these years later. I'm still yeah. working with some of the same people that I started my career with, which has been really satisfying. Yeah, um, that's that, amazing. That we've all, we both, you know, both of us have gone this way. Uh-huh. So, and then um, I left ICM. I was an agent there for seven years. I went to the William Morris Agency. Uh, at the time, it was just William Morris. This is pre-William Morris Endeavor merger. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I really learned the television business because um, I worked as a packaging agent there. Um, and that was an incredible experience. And, um, um, you know, they really taught me, the William Morris Agency taught me everything about the television business, mm-hmm. international rights, um, uh, syndication, cable, just the whole nine yards. Um, and, you know, as a packaging agent, you're working across all the divisions of the company, music, talent, literary, motion picture, all this stuff. So um, that was awesome. And that was really fun. And um, so I was kind of like, um, at the time, you know, I've been an agent for, you know, about 15 years. And I was approached um, by uh, Sam Gorris, mm-hmm. um, who was running a company called Paradigm. And, um, you know, he said, Bill, why don't you come here? And I was like, why would I go to a smaller agency. I'm at the William Morris agency, you know, we're the kings of the television business. Uh-huh. And, but he painted a picture for me where he was like, look, let's build something. You know, you can be on the ground floor and we can really build something. And um, so I thought about that for almost six or seven months. I really thought about it and it got my ego, you know, kind of went, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Let's build something. Yeah. You know? So I did go there and, um, I just remember the first week I was there, I was, I was said to myself, oh my God, what have we done? What have I done? You know, because it was a small agency. Oh, wow. And, um, and, you know, I just left the biggest agency in the world. And, um, you know, I was going to an agency that had like, I think we had, I don't know, about eight or nine literary agents total. Mm. You know, was oh my God. But, um, you don't think of it. I don't, people don't realize that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so then we built a, uh, we built a great company. You know, yeah, um, amazing. Which has since been torn down by COVID, but mm-hmm. um, you know, we did yeah. it. We did it. You know, all the vision that Sam Gorris um, had. You know, whatever year that was, I, it's been about. I think I've been now at Paradigm for fifteen or sixteen years now. I don't. Wow. I don't but um, yeah, we built a we built a fantastic company, and it still remains a fantastic company, um, just a lot smaller. Hmm. So. Yeah, and I'm sure. I mean, it'll bounce back. I'm sure the second it can. I love that attitude. <laughs> I mean, I think so, you know, it, sh- it should. I yeah. watched something, I watched Sam Goris speak actually, and he has a very interesting background too. He was born sure. in Nazareth, Israel, and has like a very non-traditional route. So it's amazing to hear that you actually joined him when it was at that early stages, yes. you know, and really built it from the ground up. Yeah. That's really amazing. What did, what was that like? Like what departments did you have at that time compared to what it is now? What, I'm sorry, what, what? Like building up paradigm. Oh, yeah. um, I think, you know, Sam, um, Sam was known as a talent agent, you know, and he had a really nice business as a talent agent. And like I said, I think the literary was kind of like, like I got my great talent business and then he kind of bolted on Mm. the literary division. And so that's what we really, that's what we focused on first. 
And um, so what we um, what we decided to do was like, let's go out and instead of building it kind of brick by brick, agent by agent, we I, we were just, I was like, well, why don't we just go buy an agency or merge with an agency? And so um, we did that. We bought um, three or four different agencies. Um, the oh. first one was the Writers and Artists Agency, which was both literary and, um, uh, you know, talent. Mm -hmm. And then we bought a company, it was called Major Clients. You know, when we bought it, I can't remember the name of it because uh, they just changed their name. Mm. But it was a solely literary group um, headed by a guy named Jeff Benson. And that was a really great purchase for us. So that got us, I don't know, like 10 or 12 literary agents right yeah. away. And then we bought a little music company called Monterey Peninsula Artists. Um, mm -hmm. And that led us to buying another music company called Little Big Man in New York. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden our music, that was it. It was like, that was just that those amazing. two companies combined under the paradigm roof. Um, just really launched our music business. And God. so then we got into everything, commercial, yeah. voiceover, books, um, animation, just the whole nine yards. There was nothing, yeah. there was nothing you could dream up um, in, in the entertainment business that we didn't have agents that knew how to sell, mm -hmm. you know, it was just like, um, so we had, you know, offices all around the world, um, Toronto, Nashville, New York, Monterey, California, mm -hmm. you know, um, we bought a company down in San Diego. Um, so we had an office down there. So we had, you know, in, in, uh, in the UK yeah. as well. So that is so, so had, cool to hear. What yeah, we had all these divisions. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the mentality? Um, like, what was the mentality though to think to scale so large? And it seems like quickly, but maybe it wasn't that quick. Um, but that's just like an amazing mentality to have, you know, to realize that you guys could handle it. Or was that not even like, how was that the conversation or not really? Well, you know, what um, was really cool about um, what we built at Paradigm was um, I never felt like the pressure of like, oh my God, we got, you know, 500 agents because everyone, like everyone ran in their, in their own lane. And mm -hmm. if you wanted to cross into a different lane, you were welcome to, but um you know, when you buy these companies like that, they all have their own leadership. They all yeah. have their own, you know, so it was yeah. more about the pressure was to blend the cultures to get it to one culture. Mm -hmm. And that did take a lot of effort. And that was a lot of fits and starts, um, you know, to get to get it right. Um, mm -hmm. But eventually we did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, um, and I, you know, I got to credit Sam Gores for that. Um, but like I said, we, um, we tried a number of different things and we learned, you know, oh, that's, you know, you speak to a music agent a little differently than maybe you speak to a television yeah, literary agent, you know, and, um, okay. and quite frankly, um, we, we were all kind of old school guys and um, the, with a, a kind of a strong work ethic um, and, you know, that, that's really changed um, from our upbringing, so mm -hmm. to speak, um, into um, into a new kind of culture in a way that agents work, um, you know, kind of twenty four seven. You know, we were always being on like, okay, let's be in the office from eight to seven, mm -hmm. and and then we'd see these agents kind of trooping in around eleven a.m. We're like, what's going on? But you know, but they were they were just doing a lot of work, you know, uh, long before COVID. You know, they were doing yeah. a lot of work 
you know, at home on their computers, a lot of emailing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, so we had to learn to deal with that. So it was just stuff like that. Yeah, that's really interesting, though. That's very interesting. Yeah. Do you find that one way or the other is more effective or not really? Well, boy, this last year has really taught us a lot, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so. this, yeah, this year shows that, I mean, you can't even be in the office and stuff from yeah. those hours. Yeah, I yeah, know. Um, yeah, so, yeah, both, I, I think both are effective. You know, obviously, um, so much more is done now by email. Yeah. Um, and or text and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it's become much more the norm, um, which is for me a little bit disappointing because um, it doesn't really allow me, like, you know, um, I was taught you get your sales hat on, you know, so you call someone and yeah. you really want to pitch them. And um, nowadays it's not, it's not really like that so much. It's like, um, you know, the buyer, um, they really, um, they kind of cut you off at the pass now. They're kind of like, Bill, just send us the stuff, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's a little disappointing, but. Yeah, uh, that is interesting, huh? You're not, it's like yeah. less, it's a different kind of relationships. It's like different relationships, but they seem not, I mean, do you think, do you feel like they're not as meaningful or like, it's a little bit like a quicker mentality? Well, you, you know, like what's nice is um, the, the flip side of it is, um, uh, you know, because I've been doing it for so long, I have a really nice client list. Mm. And so um, the, yeah, I don't know, what's the right way to say this? I don't have to spend so much time now whining and dining buyers so they get to know me. Yeah. Like, um, so, so it, because it's just much more about like, well, who do you have, Bill? Because they send us your list. And fortunately, um, for me personally, you know, um, the list, you know, there's, there's some, there's some really great talent on the list, you mm -hmm. know, so, um, so it's easy, you know, it's easy to get the dialogue up and running, uh, versus before in the old days, it was like, you really had to work your ass off to introduce yourself to a buyer, to get mm -hmm. in the door, to do all that kind of stuff. Because, um, you know, when you, when you call them, it was going to be like a five minute commitment on their part, you know, which mm -hmm. sounds ridiculous, but if they get 50 phone calls a day, yeah. you know, um, um, <laughs> so, you know, you don't have to do that anymore, you know, so yeah. it can really be like them saying, you know, a lot of the interaction now is like, hey, we have this open assignment, we need a writer for this, or we need a director for that, you know, who do you have? And so you can send over a list of, you know, kind of a carefully curated list of three, four, five ideas mm -hmm. and that grabs their attention and that starts the conversation. Um, you didn't have to spend a year knocking on their door saying, mm. you just talk to me, you know? So, yeah, so interesting. Uh, that's nice. So. so tell me a bit about your day-to-day. -day. You can talk more about like pre-COVID because I'm sure it's very different, um, but just like exactly what you do, like the nitty gritty of it, you know? So like, I know we, I know you have amazing clients and you're getting them deals and jobs, but what, like, yeah. who are you interacting with on the day-to-day? That's what makes it so exciting, at least for me. Because, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I like to say it's like, um, you know, if I book a director on a television show to do an episode, um, there's not, it, it, everything's pretty much standard across the board. There's not really a negotiation for that because everyone mm -hmm. gets paid the same, right? That's a called Favored Nations. All the studios basically pay the same. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
So, so, you know, and I've done that over my career thousands of times, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, each transaction is a little bit different because you may react differently to the fact that you're getting an offer and you're being booked on the show than maybe I would, if I was the client, you know? And so mm -hmm. it becomes very subtle, but every transaction requires just a certain kind of handling and thought process as you're dealing with not only the buyer, but the client. So it keeps, you know, it keeps it fresh, really. Yeah, it's it, it always... of like, oh, it's tax season again. Okay, you know, I've got a hundred clients. I'm gonna, you know, process a hundred returns. Um, so, um, it, you know, on that level, um, it's exciting. So, you know, in agenting, there's three, it's the triple S mm -hmm. is what I call it, triple S duty, signing, servicing, selling, mm. okay? That's so, great. Um, if you were like a perfect, you know, if you were into, uh, you know, if you worked as say a 10 hour day, cause that's generally what it is. Um, and, and as you know, you know, on the production side, it becomes a 12 to 13 hour day. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you'd spend maybe three hours or so in each one of those disciplines, right. Um, spending three hours trying to sign new clients to the agency or to your list spend three hours with clients talking to them about their career or how we're going to go from point a to point b to mm. point c you know kind of thing um and then sp spend three hours like just busting hump trying to you know get people jobs right Inter interfacing with buyers either on specific assignments like hey you need a, a new writer on this television show or whatever it is and, and here's client a and they're mm. perfect for that or you know, longer range kind of things of like um, calling a buyer and just saying, you know, I want to introduce you to this person. They're not really available right now, but they will be in six months. Mm. And, and at that point, you know, you guys should, you know, so it's that kind yeah. of, or introducing clients to clients, you know, mm. here's an interesting actor for a director. You guys should, you know, yeah. oh, interact. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that's the selling side. So, but we're not all perfect, you know? So some days I spend a lot more time selling. Some days, you know, I spend a lot of time on the on, on the phone with clients, you know? Um, it's been more difficult, I think, um, just for me personally during the COVID experience mm -hmm. uh, to get my mojo up to sign clients. Oh, I don't know, yeah. um, just cause I don't have my office. I don't have a, yeah. you know, there's no, um, I, I like, I like, you know, one of the reasons I've represented clients for as long as I have um, is I really like to get to know them, mm -hmm. you know, so things like body language, that kind of yeah. stuff, it's really hard to read that on Zoom. Yeah. So, so uh, I've noticed in, in the signing category of stuff of this last year, you know, I haven't been nearly as active as in that as mm -hmm. I normally am, but I find that to be the funnest part of being an agent. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, discovering new talent, um, you know, or going after and signing um, established talent that for whatever reasons mm -hmm. they're they're not happy with the representation any longer. Um, that's, uh, you know, it's awesome. It's really yeah. fun. That's, that's really amazing. So I have like so many things I could ask you. Um, okay, so what, okay, so thinking um, from like the perspective of a writer or director, Say they're just starting, what advice do you have for them or like to get representation? Yeah, okay, so that's a good question. So um, 
Well, the first thing is you don't want to be me in 1984, knowing one person in the business, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> where, you know, wherever you are in your training, whether you're in school or whether you're in, um, you know, different um, classes outside mm -hmm. of school, you know, getting, you know, further, you know, furthering your uh, development. Um, I'd really, I, I always counsel people that, you know, getting a cluster of creative talent together like that, whether you're in school or in a class, mm -hmm. like really get to know those people because it's rare, you know, I think, um, you know, people have this vision maybe that Hollywood where, you know, everyone all gathers at the same place all the time, you know, and that you mm -hmm. can always be like, hey, look at you, look at you, hey, hey, hey. Well, you know, it's not that way, right? Yeah. And so access to other creative talent, um, I think is critical. Um, and because you guys can all help one another when you're starting out. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, people that um, I were, was an assistant with like at ICM, mm -hmm. um, I still have, you know, relationships with, and they're off doing all sorts of different things, you mm -hmm. know. Um, um, and so that, you know, it's nothing beats like a, a 30, in my particular case, a 35 year relationship. I mean, there you can really call in favor, you know, you, yeah. can, you can really say, hey, I need this or, um, so anyway, so start with what you have. Mm -hmm. okay? The other thing that um, I, it's an absolute requirement for any young person starting their career is you have to sign up for that IMDB Pro or Studio mm -hmm. System, you know, service. Cause that is an unbelievable, um, you know, uh, Rolodex. And um, mm -hmm. my wife told me no one knows what Rolodex is anymore. No, uh, I actually, so. <laughs> no, I actually use that word. It's so funny. Like I, I have a, like a file on my computer and it says Rolodex. Right. <laughs> so that's really yeah. funny. <laughs> I mean, it's an yeah. incredible resource. It really yeah. is. And um, um, so I always counsel people, you know, that um, um, if you're like, you know, if you have that Studio System Pro, for instance, I don't know, if you're a writer, mm -hmm. okay, um, and your favorite director is, I don't know, make it up, um, I don't know, Paul Greengrass, mm -hmm. right? You can punch Paul Greengrass into the Studio System and it'll pop up everything you need to know, right? Yeah. Here's his production company, here's the studio he's got to deal with, here's his manager, here's his agent, here's his lawyer, okay? Now, you know, what you do with that information um, is up to you, right? Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you navigate to get Paul Greengrass to read your script, right? How do you navigate all those things? Because, um, you know, everyone is gonna say no, right? If you call up and say, hey, I'm a young new writer, I'm, I'm such a fan of Paul's and I got this script, they're gonna be like, yeah, thanks, click, you know? Yeah. So you do have to, um, you know, you gotta kind of figure it out, like why is it a good thing for Paul Greengrass to read your script, you know, kind of thing. And um, mm -hmm. I always tell clients, even to this day, when they go into a meeting, you know, I call it the 50-50 rule, that, um, you know, if you go into a meeting and 100% of the meeting is about you, mm. your process, I'm this, I do that, my training here, da 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 me, 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 right? Yeah. They'll probably say, hey, that was a really cool meeting. That was nice, okay? Um, but if you go into the meeting and 50% of it can be about you and your process, mm -hmm. 
but you also engage the other party and talk, let them talk about themselves for 50% yeah. of the time. That's a winner meeting. I mean, that's when people really walk out of that meeting saying, boy, she's really smart. I, mm -hmm. I you know, I, I want to spend more time or I got to figure out how I can hire you. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I always say that to people when they say, Hey, can you get your script? Can I, can you help me get my script to, to Paul Greengrass or whoever it is? And mm -hmm. I always say to them, well, besides reading the script, what's in it for Paul? What's the 50% mm -hmm. for Paul, you know, kind of thing. And that's what you guys got to figure out when you yeah. start your career out. That's what everyone has to figure out. Like, well, okay. So exactly why is it a good idea mm -hmm. for these people to take interest in your material, you know? Yeah. So um yeah so, that's great you know, when you're starting right. out you know yeah build your community right and you know because i know that everyone is as they're starting out they're either in school and i always tell people start at your school where did you go to school mm -hmm. look at the alumni um yeah you know board and then you go to your studio system and you can say to paul greengrass why is it good for you because you and i went to the same school mm -hmm. and we had the same instructor and he said to call me you know yeah. or, call you or whatever and then all of a sudden paul greengrass go oh, okay you know maybe i should read your script yeah that is such amazing advice that's so it's like so simple when you think about it simple. but it's so true and very overlooked by people yeah no really yeah yeah because um I would say to people, you don't want to be me in 1984, right? I knew one person. That was mm -hmm. it. You know, fortunately for me, that guy came through, right? Yeah. He said, go look for agencies. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I went to the Writers Guild of America, and there it was. I think it started with the Abrams Agency, and it ended with the Jerry Zeitman Agency. But there was 150 agencies in between. And so, you know, I had people I could start calling and saying, here's my resume, this, that, whatever. And lo and behold, you know, I got a gig. Yeah, that's amazing. I think of, um, like, I went to UCLA and um, oh, I uh, found, sorry? I said, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of alumni. There. Yeah, yeah, I'm from UCLA. And then, but it's interesting you say that because I'm thinking about what you've said, like, for myself, for instance. And I went to UCLA and I was looking for an acting studio to go to. And I realized, and I didn't know anyone, like, no one at all, really. Um, and I was a theater minor, so I still wanted to study acting. And I was thinking, who could I ask that I really trust, like who's done well? And I was like, no one that I know. <laughs> um, and then I realized that James Franco taught at UCLA. Yes. And then like in a bizarre happen of events, I, I was leaving a screenwriting class on campus and I saw him. And so I talked to him about acting and I was like, I know you have your background like in the Meisner work and um, so he told me where to go and I ended up going to the studio that I loved and I stayed there for three years and like even that studio was James Franco's community when he was younger and they kind of grew up together and then he hired them to um, teach there and to like do different things at the studio. So it's yeah. like what you're saying is very true. I've seen it elsewhere, you know. Cool. Really cool. Well, I always tell people too when um, when you have your community, you know. It allows you to, um, and I mean this not only for actors, mm -hmm. but for, you know, would-be producers or right. writers or directors. Um, I always tell people to role play. Mm -hmm. And one side is like calling up James Franco saying, James, <laughs> I'm the, I have a great script for you. And the other person is James Franco saying, 
no, I don't want to okay. read it. You know, whatever you throw at them, the answer is always no, I don't mm -hmm. think it's the right time for me. No, you know, you have to, or talk to this person, mm -hmm. don't talk to me. And you got to role play because um, you just said it, you had your moment with James Franco and you were able to compose yourself and, um, you know, speak to him in a way that inspired him to say, well, why don't you try this studio, mm -hmm. right? You know, it, who knows what could have happened if it was one of those kind of stuttering, stammering conversations that <laughs> happens to me, right? Mm. If I saw James Franco, I'd be like, oh, hey, you know, I really liked, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I really I liked Superbad. I wasn't in Superbad, you know, I'd be like, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, I always tell people that, you know, find, you know, find a partner who's, yeah. you know, on equal ground with you and just role play it out and really yeah. um so that way when you do have that moment you can be like okay when he says no to this i have my i have my counter yeah like, uh-huh he says no to that i got my counter you know mm -hmm. it's a little bit like uh, telemarketing you know yeah they have every answer written out already so when someone says yeah i want to buy it you know you go all the way down to this one and you say great you know i'm going to do this this and this but if they say no or my wife no. or this or that i have all the answers all written out yeah so you want yeah, to have that's also ready. really that's excellent advice too it's very true and also like the studio he recommended by the way was his school which i didn't realize till i actually went there like i didn't know um so that was funny it was kind of obvious i was like oh that makes sense yeah, but I still loved it. Like it was an amazing experience. I learned so much there. Yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, what is something that makes you want to take on a client? If you can speak um, to that, it obviously varies tremendously. Yeah, it varies. Um, it varies. So, um, you know, I'll. I guess I'll say to you what I say to the agents that are like agents that I oversee mm -hmm. in different departments and stuff. Um, and please, you have to understand, I love artists. I've advocated for artists all my life. So when I say your client list should look a little bit, maybe like your stock portfolio, mm -hmm. I'm not saying artists are that, okay? Mm -hmm. I, I'm really <laughs> am saying, you know, because most, stock portfolios will say you want to have a certain triple grade a you mm -hmm. know investment then you want to have a larger kind of you know mid-cap investment and then you mm -hmm. want to have some smaller r d investment and so when you look at your client list you can kind of look at it that way which is mm -hmm. um you need to have triple grade a assets mm -hmm. uh on your client list you have to have artists that are desired in the marketplace otherwise no one gives a shit about you Pardon my language, um, or your agency, mm -hmm. right? So you have to figure out a way, like how do I get that triple grade A asset uh, on my list? Um, and then, you know, the vast majority of the the, the business of agencies is, um, you know, we all want to be our, you know, have a James Franco superstar. Mm -hmm. um, but the vast majority of, uh, you know, of us, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're good. We're not superstars. Mm -hmm. We're just fine. You know what? We're perfect in, and that's that kind of middle thing where, um, and you need a lot of those people because they don't make $20 million a movie or, mm -hmm. 
10 million dollars a movie or whatever james Franco makes you know they make more like uh, $750,000 a year, right? Mm -hmm. So you can see you need like 10 of those yeah. to make one James Franco, right? So you, that list tends to be a little bit larger. And then, um, you know, the younger clients or the people you're, you're really trying to break, they don't make any money, yeah. right? You can only have a few of those at any given point in time. Mm -hmm. If your list is all, all R&D, well, you're going to have a hard time making a living and um, by the way, buyers, they won't like it either because they'll get to know you. They'll be like, oh, that's Bill Douglas. He's the guy who's always trying to, you know, send us all these people who've mm. only you've written one script or they're not produced or oh, they're that yeah. whatever. So. Um, but the R&D group is the funnest group to work with because, oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, because um, you, you don't sign those people or you don't you know, want to work for them unless you see something in them, mm. right? And um, you know, and that's really, it can be really, really exciting um, when they, when they break, um, when, yeah. when your belief in them, and then you use your own political capital to help them catapult mm -hmm. themselves. Um, and then they, you know, they blow up. It's awesome. You know, so. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. You have, um, can you talk about an experience like that? Well, Ava DuVernay, that was a, a great one, you know, for me. Sure. Yeah. That's amazing. So she's not no longer a client and and that's she shouldn't be right mm -hmm. like um, she needs to be at a company at caa um but um yeah so i was involved with with her early in her career she you know just she she was no longer well she had her publicist business and all that kind of stuff but mm -hmm. she had just um directed you know a smaller film i helped her put together her series queen sugar which started her relationship with warner brothers yeah, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I got, you know, I helped her with her first uh, television pilot that she directed. Um, and, you know, it's just, she's such a can do spirit, you know, and it was just, it was awesome to be able yeah. to help her. Yeah. So that is, I could totally see that. That's really exciting. Yeah. So when you're an agent starting out, though, um, like, did you start with more developmental clients at the beginning and you guys no. have grown together? No, you didn't. Oh, no. okay. okay. Yeah. So, um, when I started number one, I, it, it's rare. Um, but the, 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 like the model is the same. Mm -hmm. Um, I always say the easiest signing for an agent is the internal sign. Okay. So the easiest sign for an agent is a client that's already with an agency okay mm -hmm. so um yeah. you know to jump on the team you know like when i was at the william morris agency they represented the director spike lee mm -hmm. and he wasn't doing anything in television and i was like mm -hmm. okay so i knocked on the agent's door and said hey spike lee what about him for television the agent looked at me and said that sounds like a good idea and suddenly i was representing spike lee yeah Okay. Wow. So you're so, transitioning, right? Like from features to TV or like there's yeah. a transition happening, but he's not. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you need to come up with a good idea. Mm -hmm. You know, someone knocks on my door and says, Hey, I really want to be, you know, involved on Carl Franklin's team. Who's a client. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, okay, sounds good. But what are you offering? The 50, 50 rule. Right? Yeah. What, what's the 50% you know, going to yeah. be for me. Right. Um, and so, you, know, you got to go in armed with some ideas and that kind of thing. But generally mm -hmm. speaking, I've never, I've never, you know, I've never walked into another colleague's office to say, I've got a great idea for your client and 
and have them say, oh, you know, get out. You know, they always say, let me hear the idea. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, that's amazing. So th there's a lot of innovative thinking on your end. <laughs> like, yeah. Because things have been done for years, but you're always still like developing new ways to meet someone or like to make something happen or put something together. And it's like very innovative. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. That's so, well, that makes it very exciting and <clears throat> fresh all the time. You know, like, like all the agencies just got their ass handed to them during COVID, you know, all the studios did too. Um, they all lost billions of dollars, you mm -hmm. know? And so um, I think everyone's kind of like licking their wounds right now, mm -hmm. you know, but pre COVID, it was the most exciting time in my career because there's never been as much money in the market as there is right now. Yeah. It's crazy time. Um, you know, when you look at Netflix, Netflix spends more on film and television production as one studio, one broadcaster, mm -hmm. than all of the U.S. you know networks: ABC, NBC, That's you know FBC, all of them combined. That right? is crazy. Right. So it's, and <laughs> and now there's an arms race between Amazon and Netflix, uh -huh. or, or there was. I, you know, we'll see what it looks like now a year from now. You know, mm -hmm. in 2022. Um, but um, yeah, there's a lot of money in the market right now, which is fantastic for artists, all artists. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I used to say um, to my literary group, um, if it was written in English, we should be able to sell it. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's how that's how hungry the buyers were. That's amazing. And, um, and then we sold a show with Jonah Hill and Emma Stone, where it it wasn't it wasn't it was all Norwegian, and mm -hmm. we sold it off of the 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 tape for, you know, it was called Maniac. Mm -hmm. We sold off the trailer um, of the of the Norwegian version of the show. And we attached Jonah Hill and Emma Stone and we mm -hmm. sold it just based on that. So then it became like, you don't even have to write it in English and you yeah. can sell it if you got the right elements. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And you're saying that's because of Netflix and Amazon specifically? Well, Netflix, like Amazon, Hulu, Disney okay, Plus, so all the streaming. Peacock, Paramount Plus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have all these, all these new you know, money coming into the markets because they all want to acquire content. And then they're competing with your traditional broadcasters, your, you know, your ABCs, your NBCs, yeah. your FXs, your, you know, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of money now. So you've you know. been, um, so you've been, um, you've been like very big in this business from before all of that to obviously still, what is, what was that like, the transition? Like, how was that even, was it well, like slow you know, or quick? Um, Obviously, um, God, you know, I, I hate to admit this, but I was in the business, in the television business, when before Fox Broadcasting. Okay, mm -hmm. so I was in the business when it was just three major broadcasters yeah. in the communication business. And so, um, you know, back then when there was only three broadcasters, you really, really had to nurture your relationships with those people. If you pissed off one of those buyers, you had lost a 30 year market. Yeah. Right? Wow. Um, so it's, you know, it's just different now. Mm -hmm. um, and believe me, it's all, it's all changing again now in the cable markets. Um, you know, there's a lot of those companies now are um, transitioning out of scripted programming and, and, you know, into more reality and that kind of thing. And that's not, that's, that's an area that, you know, I don't really sell. Mm -hmm. in. So, um, but yeah, it's been, it's, uh, it's 
like I say, as an agent, you get to, you, you, you know, it's like, um, you don't just get to observe it all happening. You're actually participating in it, in it happening. Mm -hmm. You know, you can really see it, you know, yeah. you can really feel um, all that, all that change in the markets. And that's really been fun. So, yeah. That's so But cool. yeah, so I've seen it all. Um, that's very cool. best. I think the best is yet to come. I mean, it's just, uh, who knows what the next, the next Netflix will be, yeah. you know, um, but when, I love when it, that. <laughs> I love that. When it launches, they're going to want to acquire content, which is good for all of us artists. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. I really love that you're saying the best is yet to come because I don't, I'm sure majority of people don't feel that way, but you're right because whenever there's crisis, um, it's like it forces change, right? So it's like, what is that change going to be? And that change could be better than it was. Yeah. You no, know? it can be. <laughs> can be. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a few random fun questions. Okay. Okay. Um, if you were a professional athlete, what sport would you play? Baseball, for sure. Mm -hmm. I love baseball. Yeah. Nice. Have you played baseball? Like. Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, then I tried to get my kids involved with it, and they got bored with it too. But I love mm -hmm. it. So. Yeah, your kids both do football. Yeah, they both yeah. play football now. Yeah, and Liam has an amazing story. I couldn't believe that. That was incredible. Because, yeah, to yeah. <laughs> doing yeah. football is amazing. <laughs> um, okay, cool. What's a weird talent that you have? Do you have any weird talent? Well, my hair is still gross. Is <laughs> that <laughs> a talent? No, it looks good. So, Your hair is actually, like, really good, you know? You have, like, so I guess that hair. talent is to stay away from the hairstylist. <laughs> was your hair always long or has it gone is no it way are you kidding me no it's always really really short so. oh. <laughs> oh, so funny. oh cool but it's good <laughs> like your hair looks good long Thank you know you. my dad yeah. looks crazy with it long like it just stands out <laughs> um okay and then is there anything that you do to be the now do to be the now. Yeah, like to wow. be present. Um, you know, I started, I, I, I guess it, I just try to stay present. Mm -hmm. you know? um, I really have been focused on that. Um, and, you know, my life has changed because of it. You know, mm -hmm. I used to spend so much time thinking about the future that I was just not participating in the present. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and so uh, now, I rejoice in all of, you know, the stuff that happens now and I'm able to mourn the, the, the things that when they don't go well and mm -hmm. able to live in that and not skate over it. And I feel um, much better on a spiritual level. Yeah, I love that. It's like acceptance, like acceptance of everything, the good and the bad. And that I brings can... you to here. <laughs> yeah, go. that's beautiful. That. Um, is there anything else you want to say or share anything? No, other than this has been awesome. So thank you. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, good. Thank you me so much. And, uh, and uh, let's do it again soon. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would love to. Thank you so All much. Right. Really Bye appreciate on. it. Bye. Enjoy the game. Thank you. I'll be thinking of him. <laughs> Bye. Bye.